to some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. You know, the one with the guy in the white mask who walks around and stalks babysitters? I'm Ali. And we are Creeping It in the Family, a podcast where we dish details about all things horror. Episode 39. Yes. Orphan. It's really upsetting that you're getting these right every week now. I feel like I've got enough <laughs> I'm in, to I'm in, I'm in the rhythm now. I'm going to have to fuck it up somewhere along the line. You can. I'm going to sneak into your room, change the episode, <laughs> walk out again. Orphan. Fair Orphan. play, Stuart, because this was a fucking good film. It is a good film. I really enjoyed it. It was it's it's up there with like some of my favourite films. It's just different. It's a cool film. I like it. So to the to anyone who hasn't seen it, it's without giving too much away. It's about this. They're about to do. Well, <laughs> yeah, in it actually, yeah. Just do what you alert. want. Just do what you want. It's about this family who go through a miscarriage. Yeah. And they end up adopting a child from an orphanage. Yeah. Um. Esther. Esther. Yeah. Weird things start happening. She starts behaving weirdly. She ends up showing some violent tendencies. Yeah. Um, it turns out that she is a, a murderer who came. She was in a mental asylum in Russia. She's got a medical condition. It's like a. It's dwarfism. like a. Yeah, it's like something to do with dwarfism. Where but she's in proportion. Yeah. So she looks like a child, but she isn't one. She turns yeah. out being thirty three, I think. And, yeah. But because she looks like a child and she acts like a child, it's she very deceiving. And yeah, she ends up being a, a murderer yeah. with a big previous like her, her old family. She killed and then burned in a house fire. All sorts. So yeah, that was it then, guys. See you later. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, bye. That was Stu's <laughs> recommendation. It was a fucking good film. It is a good so film. I was really surprised you haven't watched it before. Actually. I thought it was a paranormal film. I don't know no. why. There's one called I think there's one called The Orphanage that's a paranormal film. Maybe you mixed it up. Or the others. I don't know. I think it was just the way it looked, like the cover and stuff. Like I thought it'd be like a possessed child, you know, like the normally are. It's something to do with yeah. demonic child. Good old possessed child. Like Insidiouses and all that, all that type of stuff. Do you, did you like it as much as you liked Insidious? I don't know. They're two very different films. It's a, it's a very good film, but Insidious is like one of my favourites. So. Yeah, you love Insidious. Your love for Insidious is... Like my love for Scream. No, uh, that is, is a massive is overstatement. No, uh, if like I only watch Insidious like every blue moon. Like it's I not. I only rare. watch Scream every but blue believe, moon. Considering that we do a horror podcast, I'm, I don't actually watch horrors that much. Only. No, I'm slightly disappointed when. But you... that's that's because now I, I watch them because I've got a reason to. Whereas, but I didn't watch films before anyway. It's not like I watch comedies or yeah. action instead. I just don't really watch that much TV. Been to your war films lately, then. Yeah, I've watched a few war films, a few few documentaries and stuff. I've got, I I got, if there's like a horror war film I could watch. Maybe. I can imagine if we haven't heard of it, though, it's probably going to be shit. Like, someone's probably tried to do it, like a cheap budget film, and it's... I'm sure we'll find one. My recommendation one. this week's Nazi Shark. So no, we can't do that. We can say so much. It'll be about seven minutes long, because the film's four minutes long. <laughs> I think you're being and there isn't, there isn't seven there minutes. There isn't that much to talk about. <laughs> There's so much to talk about. It's, it's rated funny. five stars, though. There's so many hidden messages. So many. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Let's kick it off then. So I'm just going to get it out there right now. I love everybody in this film, but I do wish that Patrick Wilson was the dad. I don't know whether that's just my Ed and the Rain couple goals. I liked, I, I think it was all cast very well. I think all, I think all the actors in this were insane. Yeah, they were really good. In so the, it, it was a kid actor that played yeah. Es- yeah, she Esther. Was like, yeah, she was older. Yeah. But she wasn't 
Like, she was still a child because her yeah. performance was insane. Like, it yeah. was so good, so convincing. She plays, I think, as well, Clove in Hunger Games. Not that you'd know that. But I've watched the first one. But yeah, she, play, she plays one of the characters in that. Right. And so, anyway, we've... Yeah, I, I, it's just my end on the rain, Warren Goals, I think. that I just I, Patrick Wilson would have done so well in it. Mm. Mind you, so did this dad in this one. So, we open up with a scene at a hospital and... We've got Kate and John, played by Vera Farmiga and another guy, somebody Sarsgaard, who's not Skarsgård, because I thought he was related to Bill Skarsgård, but he's not. Right. And she's in, uh, she's in labour, and the dad's like, "All right, yeah, you, I'll just give you a minute." And it all just seems a little bit too bright and a little bit too serene and yeah. things like that. And she gets put in a wheelchair, and a nurse starts taking her off to the like room where she's going to have the baby and as she's going she's like gradually getting in more and more pain and then blood starts coming from between her legs presuming the miscarriage and it's like flooding the yeah. wheelchair and like streaking across the pathway there's some amazing cinematography shots in this mm. film and it's really nicely done and basically we learn that she the baby had died inside her fairly late into the labor yeah cuz she had to I carry presume. it on. didn't she have to carry the dead baby with her she, she said in the journal she said she didn't have to carry the dead baby with her she had the she she was carrying the dead baby but didn't know it was a dead baby at the time right. so she got to the hospital and it was dead right and she goes and is in the medical room and then the doctor's like no we have to prepare you for c section because the baby's died. We're really sorry. Yeah. And it. Did you know that the doctor's the dad? Did you no. notice that? No. Yeah. So the lead surgeon was the dad. I was looking at it like what? But yeah, very true. And there's like a really gruesome shot of a baby. So they don't give her any anaesthetic or anything like that. Yeah. And her acting is superb. Yeah. She is incredible. I would say Vera Farmiga is probably up there with ne- Nev Campbell for me. Yeah. Like she's close as close to Sydney Prescott as anybody's going to get on the pedestal. I think she is fantastic. So Kate wakes up and it's clear that she's still traumatised by the death of their unborn child, as she has every right to be. Can I just add as well that I think it's really nice that... Well, it's not really nice. But I think it's nice that you said the family have suffered a miscarriage instead of just Kate. Because I do think that's a big part of this film, the concept that everybody suffered, not just her. And we learn through the psychologist... Psychiatrist, sorry, rather, that she's looking to adopt <clears throat> and she didn't know whether she was ready or not to adopt yeah we learned that she had a bit of an alcohol problem after the baby was born as well and that plays a lot later in the film it yeah. sort of seems to have been dropped in randomly but actually there is a purpose yeah, behind yeah. it yeah and the psychiatrist basically says you know if you pass the sublimary checks and you've passed the home visit then you are ready for it but ultimately it's your decision and then we meet the whole family so there's kate which is the wife, John, which is the husband, then there's Max, which is the little girl, and Danny, who's the little boy. And I'm I'm not going to lie, I think Max might be the cutest child I've ever yeah, seen in my entire life. Yeah, she is cute. The she sign is, language as well. She's so cute. Yeah, because she's... Did you mention she's deaf? Yeah, no, I didn't mention yeah, she's, she's deaf. Yeah, but... she's deaf, which again, once it plays a huge part, but it's a big factor in the film. It, yeah. It's... And it's it allows... And it, and it isolates Max in the film from a mother in the end because Esther's able to get to her using sign language yeah. and she's able to manipulate her using sign language and that does isolate her a little bit. So they 
get home and they're all having a chat and things like that and everything it just seems quite a nice little family really nice home gorgeous home yeah. very weird setting though it's modernized isn't it yeah it's like and modernized it, american home like just the set just there's nobody around and yeah it's an odd it's gorgeous i'd love to live they seem there. quite well off don't they yeah so i he's an architect i presume because she said something about loving his designs yeah i think it was after a meeting then she used to be a teacher didn't she yeah she was a teacher at, was it vale i'm not sure yeah she was a teacher at vale and then after the baby I presume, like everything she, went she, a bit. She, I think she got sacked, didn't she? Because oh, I think they would have said to her, "You need to quit." Yeah, she, she jumped before she was pushed. Because I she, think. she says at one point to the stepmom, "Like it wasn't my choice to quit." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and they it cuts. Oh, this bit broke me. I started crying in this film. I can't remember. I couldn't remember this happened. So when I was watching it, I was like, <sighs> "So it was when they were doing the bedtime story, and she handed her the story, and it was of, it was clearly a help." book for the child for max oh, yeah. on what happened with the baby yeah. and like going to heaven and stuff and oh my god for kate to have to read that do that her. in sign language yeah. and like express it but she did it so well and it was so beautiful we learned that um the parents are not having sex presume it's trauma from the childbirth and that leads to some frustration on the yeah. father's part as well and there's no I wouldn't say there's any animosity about it or anything like that, but we do find out later on that he had cheated on her. Yeah. But I think she had cheated on him as well, but she'd been drunk when she did it. I don't think she cheated. I think it was inferred because he said, you did it too. And she was like, I was in a bad place. You were just an asshole. Oh, I missed that. Maybe maybe, maybe she did then. Yeah. I remember him saying, what, so we can't compare my mistakes and your mistakes, but I thought his mistake was cheating and her mistake was turning to alcohol. Well, yeah, because she, I think that was part of it, but I do think she cheated as well. I'm pretty, right. I'm not a hundred percent. It's inferred. I'm, I'm not going to say she did, but I'm not going to say she didn't either. And then they go the next. The next scene pretty much cuts to the children's home, which it is because obviously this is a film. But I'd imagine it wasn't like a scattered orphanage. It was a, it was a really nice was one. But even then, I couldn't help but thinking it's literally like human kennels, isn't it? Essentially. You're going around picking, picking like picking and choosing which one's yours. We should have done, we should have done this film before the midweek episode that's yeah, just gone because out because it would have tied in, that, would have tied in more to what the actual Shit. midweek episode was about. But, but yeah, this, the Kate's sort of like looking at all the children as they're running around and playing. It is essentially a, they call it a party, but it's for parents to go and walk around and pick a kid. Yeah, it's like. like a, it's like a petting zoo. You go around, have a look at the kids, have a, have a chat to them. Like decide which one you want. <laughs> well, yeah, you could do, I suppose. And that's you could do, could that's do. What, I that's what tickles your fancy. Well, for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> <laughs> you always have to take it there. No, I was just more mean. It when you were just like, well, yeah, I suppose you could. <laughs> yeah, you could do, couldn't you? Anyway, John goes upstairs to the bathroom, and then he hears. Esther singing in the classroom and so he goes and peeks his head in and she's painting and he goes to turn away but she says hello and he comes back in and they're having a chat and she's a very talented artist mm. she's got you know she's she's good enough to be a, exceptionally good to as a be child talented, yeah but not good enough to be an adult yeah and which is uh, that can be said for pretty much all her attributes throughout this film film except from the piano that's when the clock on in it when they're like, how do you know how to play the piano? Because she, she admits earlier yeah, on Yeah, she's really good at it. She doesn't know how to play it. So, Kate then goes to find John. 
and they're having a chat and Esther's saying that all of her stories, sorry, all of her paintings tell stories and she does tell this really lovely story about a lion sleeping in the grass. Well, it's a lioness, isn't it? And she's lost her cubs, but then John says she's smiling and she's like, well, she's happy because her cubs found her while she was dreaming and she was dreaming of them. And it was a really beautiful story. And I don't know if you noticed this, but the nun, Sister Abigail, I believe her name is, she looked as when she first saw Esther and the couple interacting, she looked a little bit unsure and then she started smiling. But I don't know, do you think maybe that's just because obviously Esther was very much an outcast at the orphanage? Maybe it's nothing to do with because when they ring her up later on and ask about ask about Esther and she's and the one she uh, what's the mum called? Kate. Kate talks about the tendency she's had about potentially pushing someone over. She seems so shocked about it. So I think it yeah. I think it was more a fact like why her? Like why they're speaking to her, like the outcast, the mm. older one, the not not your stereotypical young kid that everyone th- finds um desirable, like that I want my kid to be like that. She was kind of the outcast, wasn't she? Yeah. Not running around with the kids and being completely isolated from everyone else. Yeah. Well we learned that the family that originally brought her to America from Russia died in a house fire and so that's why she was there. And they they pretty much settled her on the spot they're like yeah that's she she's the one we want to bring home yeah <laughs> like a dog in I know. An animal shelter. I mean, it's like a kennel isn't it and so they pick her up on and they're driving home and i do i do think it's quite adorable so when you when you see esther for the first time even though she's quite quirky she seems really lovely yeah. and she's sitting and practicing a sign language for max and she like kate's watching and she's like no you need to do it like this mate for half the film i i because i i didn't realize that it wasn't paranormal film until she started being really violent like maybe the the playground scene so for the majority of the, like the first half of the film i'm thinking like god i really don't want this last to to be a dickhead because she's really nice <laughs> yeah like, I, I thought she's gonna get possessed and that was gonna be the problem that was my in my head what's gonna happen so when when she was being like really sweet and stuff i was like oh god like please don't fucking turn her into a cunt and then it turns out she's been a cunt from day one <laughs> Oh. It's just the way you phrase things makes me laugh. I love it. And she's been a cunt from day one. But yeah, you're absolutely right. She's. Uh... But there's more to that in my fun facts. Right. So I will save that for later. The mother-in-law is a real bitch as well, may I add. Kate's yeah. mother-in-law. Like, unnecessarily bringing up the fact that, you know, Max nearly fell in the pond and, oh, does she remember it? And stuff yeah. like that. And it's like, yeah, all right. She's... she's like Kate's had a really fucking rough time. Like she, she fits a stereotype mother-in-law. Yeah, she's horrible. So then they, like Kate. I think Kate's sort of seen Esther as a new start, like a fresh start. Yeah. And so she sort of like starts instigating sex with John that night, and then Esther interrupts them with Max. Now Esther wakes Max up because it's thunder and lightning outside. So Max is fine. Yeah. But Esther goes in and she's like, "Can I? Can can we stay with you?" And she's like, "I want to sleep next to Daddy." It is weird. This film gets fucking weird towards this the end. This film gets weird. Stu did say it's a fucking weird film. But it's uh, so. This is what I was thinking, right? And you're just gonna have to. You're just gonna have to settle with me on this. So obviously, Kate was paying him attention. Yeah. And like that, it don't go down straight away. So like, where does that? Yeah, what happens then? I know what that's you're so uncomfortable. You could, you'd be surprised at how, when something happens, it can react quick. All right, you'd okay. be you'd be surprised. I know what you're saying, but like from the second that he saw them at the door, it would have been 
it would have been on the. I'm down. not a man, so I don't know these things. It, it could have it could have gone down by that point, and you see him pull his shorts up and stuff. I was gonna so. say it's just a bit bit awkward. It is still a bit strange. I see what you're saying. But yeah, anyway, the, it just triggered me a little bit. I was like, that's a bit weird. But the that they're sort of everything seems all right, and actually, out of everybody, the only dick seems the. Daniel. Son, Danny, he yeah. Was like, he was a cunt. He was even, a massive dick. I wasn't even bothered when he got fucked. Like, when he got choked to death. Yeah, when he got suffocated with a pillow. Does he survive? Yeah. Do you find that out? Yeah. I don't remember seeing it. Is it right at the end to let you know that he's alive? Uh, not I, too much right at the I, end. He I gets don't... brought back. They say he has a pulse. Yeah, but that's the last you see of it, isn't it? So oh, you just, yeah, you just alive. assume that yeah, he lives. Yeah, he doesn't die. I wasn't fucking bothered when he died. No, I wasn't. I didn't give a like, shit. Because I noticed... I'm I'm guessing the way that it's supposed to be is when you realise that, um, fucking hell, I keep saying her name but I forget because it's Esther. Russian. Esther, when you think, find out what's actually up with her, you'd think like, oh, Daniel was fucking right, but until she put that knife to his throat, she was nice to him, like yeah. she was trying her best to the untrained eye. Like I know she was manipulating the whole time, but you didn't know that at that point, and he was just choosing to be an absolute cunt to her. So give a fuck about him. Fair play. I would agree with that. He was an absolute, he was an absolute asshole. And you know what? There's a lot of assholes in this film that I'm like, you know what? Fucking good on you, Esther. Yeah. Like you carry on. And this is this brings me to my next point. So it's the first day of school for them all, and Esther comes down, and I think she looks sweet. And I know they're all wearing jeans and t-shirts and stuff, but you know Max is sitting there smirking, and fucking Danny's standing there like she's not wearing that. What age do you think that that that's? group of girls that were being horrible to her was. I won't say any more than 12. Yeah, yeah, literally young. Are young girls that young, really, that horrible? I thought, it. yeah, they are. They can be nasty. I know that, like, teenagers are wankers, but I didn't know... I didn't know if girls that young were to the point where they're knocking books out of their hands and stuff. Yeah, they're horrible. Well, it won't, it won't hear that not her not that knocked the book out of Danny's hand. I know, I don't think it's hand. It was Danny. Danny knocked the book out of her hands. I think I'm on about when they're pulling the Bible back and forth. She's doing that, isn't she? Well, they say it's a Bible. Yeah. And then all the paper And then it goes sort of tears open and then she yeah. flips. Yeah. So there's... the the uh, Esther gets to school and the teacher introduces them. And that little bitch makes a comment, like, for no reason. Yeah. And the teacher's just like, all right, go sit down. Don't fucking challenge the behaviour. I was like, I would have gone apeshit uh. if a kid had said that. It's so rude and so unfair. The next big thing that happens is Daniel is practicing his paintballing and he shoot fucking shoots a pigeon. Yeah, Arsehole. poor fucking pigeon. This Arsehole. is again con. But then again you can see like <laughs> like as a kid, you don't really think about what's gonna So when he's like, I didn't think it would hurt it. You believe that. Like to adults it's like, well you should have fucking thought about that, but when a kid's shooting a paintball gun at targets down a range and a pigeon lands nearby, maybe you would just think, Oh, I'll fucking see if I can hit it. But then again, he is still a prick. Yeah. But then that's when you get Esther's first sign of like being well over mature for her age because she picks up a rock and goes to pass it to Daniel and says, like, you've hurt it, it's suffering, now you need to put it out, it's misery. And Daniel, obviously being a little kid, is like, no, I can't do it, Like, I don't want to do it. So she picks up the rock and fucking squashes it, like kills that pigeon. So instantly you think there's no way a kid like would, would be able to do that. I know, oh, she's I'd, a sociopath. Yeah, I'd struggle to do that now. So that's your first sign of like, who is this person? Like, A, a child won't be able to do that. Yeah, it's it's definitely sort of a triggering sign, but then you can attribute it to kids who've been abused and or have been left in orphanage and stuff like that. They've they've seen some stuff and they could be traumatized, so there could be some trauma there that made her do what she did. Yeah, you know, it could be anything from you know a dad used to take a hunting and 
if you killed it, if you shot a deer and it wasn't dead straight yeah, away, but put, it was struggling, it's like you put it out, it's misery. And it could be something like that. So I wasn't too bothered about it at this point. Kate then sets Esther up for a bath and Esther automatically insists on locking the door. And Kate's sort of like, we don't, we don't lock doors in this house. Like this isn't a thing, yeah. but she lets her off just for once. And while she's putting her laundry away, she tries to shut the drawer. Now she's not being, I wouldn't say she's being sort of nosy or anything like that, but she's trying, she's only trying to shut the door and she feels something. And then she sees like a Bible yeah. and she pulls a picture out and it's a picture of a man. And we don't know who this guy is at this point. We assume it's a father. That's what yeah, I thought I assume, first. I assume but I think it turns out it was the the father of the last family that adopted her that she killed. Because her thing is she kind of gets involved with a family because she can pass off as a child and then tries to seduce her dad. Like, she falls in love with her dad. What what it looks like, it's not like... A, mm. She's not just on the wind-up to get at Kate. It's like she genuinely loves John. Yeah, it's so weird. See, I was thinking, if if everybody had been nice to Esther and loved her... Like, would she have been happy? She there was there wasn't. Yeah. She, I, I think she would just wanted John. Like, I, I think that's what it was. Well, no, I see. When I this is, I've seen this film five or six times now. Must have done, and I only picked up on this this time watching it round. But we'll get to it in a second, and I'll and I'll explain myself a little bit more. But then we get the scene between. Uh, the bully and she pulls i think her name's brenda she pulls esther's book apart and tries to take the ribbon off her or yeah. like pulls the ribbon off her neck and esther absolutely fucking loses it and just screams because danny knocks the books out of her hand yeah like what a dick he's a cunt he is he's a, he is a massive one you won't say the word will you <laughs> I have students that listen to this i try to yeah. avoid oh yeah fair enough but then <clears throat> i don't Kate... ever use it to be fair yeah you do really but in my it. workplace it's it's like general language it's like it's like the word and <laughs> it just filler. gets thrown into sentences sometimes more than it needs to be <laughs> always more than it needs to be Pretty probably much. so kate the next thing we get is kate sorry what are you laughing at just just to, to say a story i've got i've got this well one of an apprentice at my work who who i work with he's just like this little he's <laughs> like this little um He's like short. He's a really nice lad, but he's a short lad. Um, really timid, like shy. Yeah. But like since we've started to work together, he's he's become Might a bit more yeah, it. bit more confident. And he makes me laugh because he tries to like he he ironically says it. He knows that he sounds like a dickhead, but he tries to like speak like a sixty year old old boy off off an industry like where I work. Right. Still works. And I was just I was I was drilling through some and just went get some bastard, and I just looked at him and was like. What? He was like, go on, get some bastard. I was like, shut up. And he was just there fucking chuckling to himself. It's just because he's this like little little small quiet fellow who just stands there and don't really say much. And then he just starts shouting, get some bastard. I was like, what the fuck are you on about? But yeah, it just made me chuckle when I was on about when you said about probably being used more than it needs to. I love that. Like, he says, get some bastard. And it's not him, around here, mush. He always fucking walks around saying that. I do like it makes me piss myself every time because I just think where have you, you know, like when a little, you know like that? when a little kid swears and you go where have you learned that that's what I feel like <laughs> to me like, where have you picked that up from I like it so then anyway the next scene that we have is Kate teaching Esther how to play the piano and Esther makes quite a few mistakes she then goes and asks about Jessica who was the baby that they lost 
and Kate shows her the rose bush. Yes. And it's really that's really important to Kate. Yeah. Now, for what happens later on, I can completely see Kate's point of view. Like what she did was abhorrent. Yeah. But like, it's an odd one. Like mm. that that was probably the cruelest thing that Esther did in the whole thing. Yeah, I agree. It was fucking awful. But well, anyway, <laughs> wh- whacking her, whacking yeah. her mum over the head with a hammer. Probably. Yeah. Close second. Close second, but not quite close. That, that, what I get what you're saying, Esther was like, that was the most malicious it thing. It was vile, yeah. yeah. It was like kids can be cruel, but <laughs> that was something else. Then there's like a bit of kitchen sex as well. Yeah. Placed in which, there. Which again, Esther walked on which to. Esther she, she, she's a cop block. That's what she's trying she to do. She is a massive. She? Yeah, she's cop blocking. Which makes think that she wants John. That's why. She oh yeah, definitely. Want to have sex. You're absolutely right. And Kate then goes to try and talk to her about it. This is like really awkward conversation. But Esther's just like, um, you know, when because Kate's like, when two people love each other, they want to show that they love each other. Blah 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 blah. And she was like, no, they fuck. It <laughs> was yeah. just like. Okay, but then there's this really funny scene between Kate and John afterwards because they were like, they're a very well-to-do family, aren't they? So the you know they speak nicely to each other, yeah. they treat each other with respect and stuff like that. And so Kate was like, you know, where did she learn that from? You know, for all we know, it was past the fucking potatoes. <laughs> and then, but then at the at the end of the scene, she says, "Well, spend some fucking time with her," and he's like, "I will, bitch." And then they're both pissing themselves off, and I quite like that scene. It was a nice little deflation from yeah. what was going on. The next scene is the park, and there's a woman, and I'm presuming it's it's not the woman that he cheated on her with. I thought it was. It? I don't know. I don't. Know it was because it... She, I think that's why Kate went fucking bonkers because he was chatting to her again. All right, okay. I didn't know whether it was her or I, not, or whether th- she just knew that he, she had a crush on him and it reminded her. No, I think uh, it could have been, actually. Maybe it might have been the fact that's not who she, who he slept with, but Kate knows that she will, yeah. should shag him, would shag him any day of the week. So yeah. when she's like, we come over... Because I agree, like, if it was her, would he have gone over and said, yeah, I'll come fix a chair? Because he'd know that Kate would go fucking bonkers and at he, that. And he makes a good point of saying, like, yeah, me and Kate will be really happy to help. Yeah. Like, and Kate... But, like, this is... It's not God's gift to women. Yeah. If it was Patrick Wilson, yes. Anything, yes. But he, he, he's not that good looking. But hey-ho, whatever floats your boat, I suppose. So, Brenda, the bully, is on the play frame. And I really liked this scene. It was quite sinister. Yeah, really. It was, yeah, it was good. It, she made it look... Well, she... The director made it look like there was the, the playground was empty, but still had kids in it at the same time mm. and it was really cleverly done. So it, so the camera took it through like a, a playground like the, the climbing frames and stuff and it, mm. it was it was it was good camera work. And eventually the climax is that Esther pushes her off the play frame and she sort of falls down the slide but then smacks a leg and breaks her ankle on the way. Now Max defends Esther and says that Brenda slipped at the dinner table and she insists on it and they have a massive fight Danny and Esther have a fight at the table. They sort of argue. Well, Esther doesn't argue. Danny argues. And he kicks off and he basically says, why don't they take it back to the retard camp she came from? Yeah. Proper cunt. Yeah. Cunt. There, I've said it. It's happened. (laughs) Well, that's the title of the episode. (laughs) 
No divvies around Amush. That's got to be the title of the episode, no please. No divvies around Amush. I just messaged him on Snapchat saying, Geek some bastard, and he replied with, No divvies around Amush. Right, that's it. That's that's what it's going to be. <laughs> so then we've got the. Um, as a punishment for talking like that to Esther, the treehouse is locked up because that was Danny's sort of like safe haven. Yeah, get away. Yeah. And then Esther is starting to cause a rift. So they start. Kate starts kicking off at John about being unfaithful and because mm. she mentions, well, Esther said that you were talking to Joy the other day and it is, it's Esther sort yeah. of like nipping away. It's very clever. She's very clever. And then they are at the supermarket and Esther gets, well, Kate gets a phone call from the nun and Esther is sort of far back. So she asks Max to lip read because Max is quite a good lip reader. Yeah. And so... Max, bless her, she's not doing it deliberately, but Kate's not saying anything bad about Esther. Mm. She's she's talking about her concerns, but she is saying all that in between, like, the stuff that's happened. Yeah. So the first one was about dropping the F-bomb. She was like, what's the F-bomb? Yeah. And then she says something else, and then she talks about breaking, the, the you know, pushing the girl off the slide. And because and Max is only picking those things up, Esther's thinking they're going to send her back. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Would would the family have stayed as they are or lasted longer if she hadn't had that trigger point of they're going to come pick me up? Um, I think it definitely would have lasted longer because Esther Phil actually had to kill uh, the nun because she was going to take her away. But then we've got to remember, right, that this isn't a kid. This is a 33-year-old Yeah, this is an woman. adult. So maybe she... It wasn't like a kid's rush thinking, oh, no, they're going to take me away. Maybe she knew deep down, like, they already know too much. Like, yeah. she has to die. But yeah. I, I think it was all all a plot for, for John, I think, personally. But at this point, Esther definitely has it in for Kate now because she assumes that Kate has sort of worked things out. Yeah, she, know, she knows that the one... Well, in her head, the one thing stopping her from getting to John is Kate. And the other way to get rid of Kate... You can't, if, you, if your adopted child comes up to you and says, get rid of her, you're just going to fucking lap it off. But... If she manipulates it to make it look like she's this evil, like, manipulative, like, pissed up, awful mother, then he has no choice but to leave, which is what she eventually does. Yeah. And it starts off with Esther being able to play the piano perfectly. And Kate walks in and she's like, but... Yeah, but you told me you couldn't you play told piano me you couldn't and play. I wasn't giving you lessons about it. And Kate, and then Esther says, and you know what, if this had... If she'd have said this in like a sweet manner, it would have actually appeared quite sincere and maybe quite a little bit comforting because she says, you know, I know that you used to teach and it must be hard for you and it must be frustrating having a son that doesn't have any interest in it and a daughter that can't hear. Yeah. Like, and that would have been quite sincere, but it's yeah. the way she says it. She's very cold. Yeah. And Kate, that's not the sort of thing a child says. Like, no. that's not normal. So the Kate gets on the phone with the nun again and the nun says that there's something wrong with esther there's loads she lists off loads of incidents that happened with her and esther was there for them all even though she wasn't actively involved she was there and with the nun she she sort of comes to pay this visit max and esther go into the garage and esther's like well you've got to help me get rid of her yeah and max sort of like nods but she's a little bit unsure and then esther pulls out a fucking gun yeah and goes, like holds it to old max oh my god and max's and little it, face you, i think i think if you look at it i might be wrong because i didn't notice down that 
But now you're saying that, obviously you know how Russian roulette works. Yeah. It looked like... Do you want to explain for anybody you might not? Yeah, so Russian roulette is basically, a, you have a revolver, a magnum, like it's a, it's a type of handgun. And it has, it normally has, I think, six casings yeah. in it. And you slide one bullet into it. And the the magazine, essentially, it's like a spinning, uh, a spinning piss, like a spinning, spinning cylinder with the six holes in it for, for six rounds. So normally, obviously, you fill all six rounds up and it fires and spins to the next round automatically. But there's a, like a, well, I don't think it's a fault. I think it's genuinely the thing, Russian roulette, where... You you keep you you put the bullet one bullet in the six chamber. Yeah. Spin it, spin it, spin it. Look like lock it in so you don't know where that bullet is. And then you go around either like yourself or around a table, pointing the gun at your head and fire it. And it's it's either going to be live. There's a one in six chance it's going to be live, or you get so uh, a blank and it just clicks and then you pass it to the next person. And it looks like in the scene, the the shot wouldn't have got what's the face Max. Max. It would have. Got, depending on which way the barrel spun, but I think it would have spun towards. It looked like if if she'd have shot at Max, it would have blanked. Then if she did it on herself and played Russian roulette properly and then did it on herself, but it would have it would have got her. Mm. I, I didn't don't know if that was in, that. yeah, I don't know if that was intentionally in there, but hmm. I didn't notice that. That's quite clever. Mm. But anyway, she says we will play later because the nun's about to leave. So as the nun's driving off, um, Max and Esther are by the bridge, and Esther's like, you know, just. Just wave your arms for help. Yeah. And she'll she'll have to slow down and it'll scare her. And then she just fucking pushes Max yeah, out into the middle of the road. And, oh, God. Like, I know Max is deaf, so it's... But her crying just breaks me. Yeah. Max, it sounds like a Max little deer. Max has such a big part to play in this film. Like, even though she don't, doesn't really... Well, she doesn't speak. Yeah. She's like... She's kind of like the centre of it all. Like, she's the reason why... Um, Esther. Esther. Every time. She's the reason why Esther's allowed to get away with what she does because essentially Esther scares the shit out of her. Manipulates her. Yeah, she can't say anything. Yeah, and it's horrible. Max covers for Esther a lot in this. Yeah. Whereas if there'd have been one time when she spoke out, the the case would have been solved. Like they'd have Mm -hmm. started to notice how bad she was. But then Esther threatens her gunner and says, if you tell, I'll shoot mum. And the thing is, yeah, Max is definitely the innocent one out of the bunch because. Like, Danny was a little shit. And so even if Danny had said something, it would have been taken with a pinch of salt because yeah. he's already, like, ragging on Esther all the time. But Max likes Esther. In yeah. fact, Max loves Esther. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. But then she whacks the nun with a hammer. And fuck me, is it violent? Yeah, absolutely. Paggers her. Pagger. Paggers I forgot her. that word. And so then they had the evidence up in the treehouse. They sort of leave the nun's body under the bridge and hide all the evidence of the treehouse. And Danny is hiding behind a rock and sees Esther and Max leaving the treehouse. Leaving the treehouse. And Esther's walking and Danny's sort of watching it. And then Esther turns around and Danny drops to the floor. He thinks he's gotten away with it, but he hasn't because that very same night, Esther holds a knife to his neck and she's like, What do you know? See, I was so surprised at how quickly she went on to Danny. Like, I could fucking, like, I'm dangerous. Like, Obviously, Max is a lot younger and a lot easier to manipulate, whereas Danny was quite older and he already didn't like Esther, yeah. so I'd have thought she'd have tried to be a bit more discreet, but now she's straight in there with a Stanley yeah. knife to his neck saying, what the fuck did you see? So, yeah, she was straight in there. Yeah, and he, he gets so scared that she pisses, he pisses himself. himself. Didn't feel bad for him. No, me neither, actually. Obviously, I quite like I quite liked the insult where she was like, I'll cut your little prick off before you even yeah. know what it's for. I don't 
obviously Danny's a kid and loads of kids act the way he does that's just the way they are but that doesn't mean he deserves to die but it also doesn't mean that I feel any empathy for him because he's still a wanker yeah I agree you're coming out with some nice synonyms for the word cunt today Oliver we've had bastard wanker cunt asshole we're doing well (laughs) so Esther even manages to outsmart the psychiatrist which I thought was very interesting and she manages to manipulate the psychiatrist into making it her think that it's Kate's problem not Esther so it's Esther that it's Kate that's holding that resentment so it the psychiatrist works on it like Kate's holding Jessica up on this pedestal yeah and anybody who tries to even come close to Jessica she pushes away and so Esther because she's trying she's not trying to replace her yeah but and then while they're talking about that in the room because John's sort of agreeing with the psychiatrist because he's only seeing Kate being hostile about yeah. Esther and Esther's going ape shit in the toilets like she's fucking losing it at this yeah. point as well Kate then gets a phone call from sis- um from another sister to say that sister Abigail hasn't returned the police find a body and it's sort of like sus as fuck yeah at this point the, the thing is to us at this point we know exactly what Esther's like but Kate and that have not re- all the, at this point all they've got to go off is the fact that they pushed the push she pushed that she might have pushed, pushed. because Max backs her and says and that so she, she slipped. slipped. So at first I was like, "Come on, put two and two together." And then I was thinking, actually, it's two and nothing. Like with the audience knows it's two and two, but all they know is that she might have pushed someone down the slide. That's it. Yeah. So Esther's refusing to go to the dentist the next day, and like. <sighs> The thing is, I'm like, for fuck's sake, John, open your eyes. I'm the same as you. But at the same point, like, to him, she's just a little girl. A mother's holding, so, like, Kate's holding some resentment issues. Yeah. And he's maybe just trying to make her feel a little bit more included. So he says, you know, we'll play hooky and you can come and draw in the studio with me. And whilst that's happening, Kate is taking Max and Danny to school and she asks if ever, uh, Esther has ever hurt them yeah. or if she's ever seen are acting and they're just both so scared that they shake their heads like they've turned into shells of what yeah. they were see this film's like the paranormal thing about like when you get annoyed in paranormal films because nobody believes in that she's seen a demon or a ghost whereas this time it's a genuine yeah genuine, genuine person yeah and esther then goes to say because she's dis- she's painting in the studio with john and she says i don't think mommy likes me very much and he sort of explains you know you're just as much a part of the family as as we are and he says, why don't you try and do something nice for her? And that like opens the door for Esther. That's, yeah, give her a free pass. And so Esther then says, mum, I've got a surprise for you. And Kate, Kate's quite nice before. And she's like, oh, yeah, what, what have you got? And she holds out the roses and the Jessica's roses. Yeah. Because she made the point of saying, as long as roses grow on this tree, she's still with me. Yeah. And, well, not tree, the bush. Yeah. And she she's chopped them all. So they won't grow back. Yeah. And Kate is absolutely crushed, as you would be. Grabs her arm in a fit of rage, but nowhere near. She grabs it, but not horrifically. Yeah. And which comes into play that night, doesn't it? Yeah, so Esther is screaming about her arm. Because Kate grabs her arm. She doesn't do it very hard at all. But, you know, it, all John sees is Kate grabbing Esther's arm. And so he, he doesn't really see much more than that. And then later on... She goes downstairs into the garage and she puts her arm in a clamp yeah, and breaks, breaks her own, her own arm. arm. Jesus. I mean, she's committed. You can't... She is. You can't say much more than that. I actually have to mute this scene 
I knew it was coming because obviously I've seen it a few times. So when as soon as I saw her walking down to the garage, I was like mute because just the sound of the bone cracking just makes me want to throw up yeah. in my mouth. It makes me feel ill. To be fair, I did look at the vice at work today and think that must fucking hurt. Oh, that's what's around you. Having to keep going and going until it... Disgusting, isn't it? Yeah, it is vile. And she goes upstairs and... I presume it's not spoken about till later. At this point, then Esther is crying for John and John goes in and she's like, my arm hurts, it still hurts. And he lifts it up and it is quite clearly broken. So he takes to the hospital and then the next thing we see is Kate going into the bedroom and John's already taken her to hospital and Esther's laid in their bed with a pot on her arm. And he's like, you broke her arm. You're sleeping on the sofa tonight. Yeah. And so, so I'm going to ask this question now. Is John an asshole? I think he's I think he's blindsided. Honestly, I'm going to say I'm not a psychiatrist, but I think Kate's feelings were more important than John's. And she did carry the baby, so I can understand to a certain extent, but he lost a child as well. But I think he's been shut out by Kate. And I think, you know, he's grieving as well. And so Esther's become that point where it's like, well, you know, I'm he's like a he's the daughter he never he didn't get so is john an asshole no i he is at some point but then again kate is at some points like yeah the the boat it's like they're not perfect humans which wouldn't expect but i agree that john is not an asshole no he it's it's so frustrating as an audience to watch how he treats kate because we see what happens behind closed doors but if i was john I probably think the same thing yeah exactly yeah i'm glad we agree on that then so i, I don't think he's an asshole at all Kate goes to the off-licence, buys wine. Uh, wine? Hmm. Nice. Buys wine. Nice to fuck up for a change. I know. Congratulations to myself. So she goes and buys wine from the off-licence and is sitting with a glass. And then she looks out of the window and sees the pond. Now, we never actually... Well, we do actually... Esther says it. But what happened was Kate was drinking one afternoon and Max was out on the pond and she fell in and she nearly drowned. Yeah. And if John hadn't been there... She would have died. And that sort of haunts her still. So with that in mind, she empties the bottle down the sink. She doesn't drink it at all. She doesn't touch a drop. Daniel then drops his books outside school. This is the next big part. And Kate goes to help him. And Esther's in the car as well with Max. So Esther gets out of the car. Kate's put the car into... Neutral. Into park. New, yeah, she's park. into park. And then and Esther the takes on. it off. And Max starts careering back to the cat. This gave me so much anxiety. It's yeah, ridiculous. could have easily killed Max, if not seriously, seriously injured her. Um, but Esther just didn't give a fuck. And then that, that got put down. I think John was pissed off because it was more negligence. But did he, did he blame drink on it, like hangover? I think, I yeah, think that had a part because he found said the, the girls found the wine bottles. Yeah, found the wine the bottles. The girls. Oh, was it Esther? Esther, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so he blames it on the wine. And they have like this intervention thing between her and the psychiatrist and John. And they're like, you've got a week to go to rehab or Which I'm taking must the be kids. the most frustrating thing when you haven't genuine. There's nothing worse than being accused of something that you haven't done. But expect... And it's even worse when all the evidence points to Would you know? Yes. Would you know when that happened? Pro- probably a few times. Story yeah. time, folks. Oh, no, let's not get into it. Story time, folks. God, it's such a shit story to someone who won't there. Which one are you on about? Either one, the Windersill or the MSN. MSN. No. no, it might be shit to you, but you weren't scarred by it for years and had it taken away from you. So, we were back in the good old days of MSN, where, you know, you chatted online and it wasn't via Skype or anything like that. That didn't exist. And my dad had just allowed me to have it for the first time ever. And so 
it was on his account and I was talking to my friend Abigail who moved away that I thought was to the other end of the country, but it was actually Barrow, which is about 15 minutes away of that. And I was talking to her and then I left my computer and then I came back and my dad was absolutely fuming. Like he was screaming at me. He was so angry. And he was like, you told my mate to fuck off on MSN. And I was like, no, I didn't. I was like, I went... I didn't do anything and but because it i was the only one on the computer and it was his account i was like well he was like well you're banned off it six years i was banned off msn six years i shit you not really yeah i won't allowed it till i was 12 oliver and it was so and he gave you it at six he, he let me use his account to talk to abigail right. and it was only to abigail because you know we were besties we still are besties but it you know we'd we were born six days apart. We spent every day in each other's pockets. And so we was like, you know, on the condition that you can... It might not have been six years. It might have been five or four, actually. Well, so six years. It like might have been about four years. I'm exaggerating. It was years, but it, I might have been exaggerating. It was... I was allowed it back when I was about 11 or 12. And it was only to talk to Abigail. And it was only because of this. So it was 14... I was about 13, 14, if that. And we were all sitting at Nana's. And uh, we got onto the topic of when I was banned off MSN. And Oliver went... You know that time that uh, you 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 banned Charlotte off MSN, and, I, and Dad was like, "Yeah," and he was like, "It, it was me that told him to, <laughs> that swore at you, mate." And yeah, I just looked at I, him. I, I thought we'd all laugh about it, but I actually did get punished for that. I, got, I was fucking two weeks. Basically, I, I had no malicious intent behind it. I just saw that there was a messenger chat open, so I just went up to the keyboard and typed "fuck off." And pressed, but how old pre- were you? Send them. If I was like eight, then. Well, you were six before. No, yeah, I know, but I must have uh, not been six. So I'm counting a couple of years out. So you must have been really young. I saw an opportunity and I took it. What can I say? You wrote fuck off. You missed you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So it, it, I'm presuming I was about eight or nine. So, and if there's three years between us, given the date that we are now, yeah, you'd have been about like six or seven. Fucking hell, Oliver, you <laughs> badass bitch. Well... I don't know who he was, but he probably deserved it. He probably done something in his life that warranted <laughs> Fuck off from a six-year-old. Probably, probably should have said from Craig's son, not from fucking... Because he, he just thought my dad ran a message and said, tell him to fuck off. <laughs> you know what? I I invented, like, Facebook, like, jumping on people's statuses and typing in, like, type writing for them. Yeah, you Obviously, must have Obviously, there, there is a term for that, I wonder it's if probably you... not great to use anymore. <laughs> I wonder if you spelled it right. I wonder if... I'm, I'm pretty sure it. I did. I'm pretty sure I spell-checked it. What, the two words fuck off? <laughs> yeah. That's quite a big word at that age, especially when you're not supposed to use it. You can't practice words like that in your spelling book at school, can you? You probably did. Probably. Right, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, taking the blame for things you haven't done. I've got a history of it. But we'll move on from that, seeing as I'm totally over it. So, Danny and Max sort of unite at this point because they overhear Kate is having to go to rehab or John will leave with the kids. Yeah. And he says, you know, did something happen with Esther? And she eventually sort of nods and says the evidence is up in the treehouse. And she shows him pictures that she's drawn to that sort of illustrates what happened. Yeah. And at this point, Kate and Esther then have a conversation and uh, Kate goes searching for the Bible and Esther then re- sort of like repeats back the diary that Kate has. She's been reading it and yeah. it's really awful stuff for her. She's fucking horrible. And then Kate goes searching for the Bible. There's lots of men's pictures in it. And so it's like, okay, so it's not just one dad now. And we find out that the place that Esther was supposed to come 
from, which was an orphanage, was actually a mental institute. So at this point, Danny's going to the treehouse. Esther is there and she sets fire to it. Fucking ruthless yeah. bitch. Danny falls through and gets knocked out. Then he's in a coma. Yeah, no, not right. in a coma. He gets knocked through unconscious. He's, he, he, I think he was sort of in a coma when he... I think, it, I, just thought, I think it was a short coma. Yeah. But he, he's not very well at all. And Kate sort of runs out and she tells them both to back off. This is what I mean. Like, even though... Even though Esther is doing what she's done, she like doesn't Kate, go straight for Esther. It's always about yeah, it's about the kids. <clears throat> and oh my god, the cat! Katie, out! <laughs> <laughs> Don't, if you can hear that on the podcast, it'll sound like you strangled her to death. <laughs> that's that's just how she. She's yells. just got an attitude. So Daniel is in hospital, and Esther goes to finish him off with the pillow because she finds out he's survived. And he does, she, well, she does try and, she's successful in a way because it, it's just the little things like when she puts the yeah she puts the monitor on her finger. Puts pulse monitor on her finger so that it doesn't alarm anyone because it's in the ICU unit. But the, and the scary thing is though, like surely if you're about to kill someone and you were straining like that, your pulse should go up. But it doesn't, it just stays yeah, it level. Just stays low, yeah. Fucking psycho. Max tries to get Kate and John's attention. At this point, Danny manages to survive and Kate, just goes for Esther yeah. and gives them the best fucking backhand I've ever seen in my entire life. She gets tranquilized, which is not. I'm sure you cannot legally just fucking yeah, tranquilize she gets sedated. people. You, I'm sure that must be illegal. Mm. You can't just run up to someone and shove a needle in them and, and knock them unconscious. No, but that I would lands, imagine not. That lands her in the hospital for the foreseeable, doesn't it? While, yeah. While John, uh, John goes home. Well, John says to. John's with her when she wakes up and he's like, I'm going to take Max Nester home. Danny's fine. This is why John is, isn't an asshole because he stayed there waiting until yeah. she's come around and let her know what's happening. And Kate was like, please don't let her near Max. Yeah. She, that's, that's what she says. She's like, just promise me you won't let her near Max. And then Kate's sort of asleep. She's absolutely knackered, bless her, because she's just had a needle of tranquilizers prodded through her. Yeah. So John takes... Max and Esther home and puts Max to bed and says that Danny's going to be fine. And Esther then says goodnight to her and takes Max's hearing aids in the process. She dresses, she starts dressing, this is so creepy, this scene. She starts dressing up for him. Using Kate's clothes. Yeah, she shortens them, she cuts them and she puts on this makeup and she, she tries to seduce him. Yeah, it's fucking weird. It is fucking weird. And when John rejects her, she is fuming. Goes Acker. And at this point, Kate then gets a phone call and we find out that Esther is not actually a child. She's a grown woman. And in between that, we get Esther, like, wiping the makeup off. You see, she's lo- she looks so much older. Yeah, because the, the, this is where the... It's like in a combination with... Um, Kate getting a phone call from the mental asylum that's tried to contact before because she sent an email of Esther over to say who is this. Yeah. And he explains like she's killed seven of their staff. Like she's, explains the medical evil. condition. And then that's in in line with a scene where she's taking off the makeup and a te- she takes out a false teeth and a teeth yeah. rotted. Well, not rotted, but the yellow and gammy. Yeah, she's taken. She takes her ribbons off. Yeah, and, and she's got scars. scars all over her arms. Because I thought she at the was... first day was going to be suicide attempts earlier on in the film. Yeah, like your neck and your wrist. I thought there'd be suicide attempts, especially when they mentioned mental asylum. But actually, it was just she pulled so hard at the restraints because yeah, she was so dangerous. Jacket. They had to yeah restrain her. That they it scarred her. We find out it's a rare hormone disorder. And so then, oh, this bit's fucking creepy as well. So John goes up to the room and 
he goes into Esther's room and she's not there, but it's an it's absolutely trashed. And he turns out the light and then in like glow in the dark paint. The U the UV light from the fish tank. Fish tank she used to like she'd do a painting that to in normal lighting would look really sweet. But then when he turned on the UV light, she'd use UV paint where it was like murders and fires and like I think it was one of her and John like together. There's like, three or four of her and John behind the actual painting. Yeah, on it's the wall. Fucking creepy. Yeah, it's weird. So Very he, he creepy. discovers that. But because John at this point has had a few, what well, looks Beverage. like at least look, a bottle of wine. Well, it looks like he's been drugged. Cause drugged. They, they, yeah. Well, I, I think that was just drunk. But I, yeah. I get what you're saying. The effects was a bit over the top. I think. Yeah, it was a bit, but it was it was interesting. So <laughs> it was interesting. I, like I loved it. it. John then gets a knife to the back in the end, and then she absolutely butchers him. Yeah, I, I said, I said earlier on though. I said when she started trying to seduce him, even before he rejected her, I said John's gonna get it. Were you surprised that he got it? No, I knew the way it, he I, did. I knew it had to happen. I, I was surprised at the brutality of it, but I, I knew he was gonna die. I knew, I knew that the kids, if anything, the kids would survive and he would die. I was glad that it was him that died and not Kate though. I feel like it'd have been a harder film to watch if oh, it had yeah, been Kate that got yeah, killed yeah. because she was onto it right from yeah. pretty much the get-go. But yeah, Kate, I mean, and to be fair to Kate as well, she's had sedatives so, and she's driving home in the snow. She must be absolutely knackered. Yeah. But she's out there. She runs into the house. She sees John dead on the floor and she's, to be fair to her, she's crushed. Like, she cries yeah, her eyes really out. Again. Yeah, she's superb. Like, Vera Famiga is incredible in anything she does. And... Kate Kate gets a few injuries to herself as well. She gets shot in the arm. She gets shot in the arm and then she gets a knife to the side later on when she's, she's in, in the, the water. water yeah. So she sustains a few injuries. Now, Esther is sort of looking for Kate, but Max is also walking around because Max hasn't got a hearing aid in. She can't hear anything that's going yeah. on. So she ends up hiding in the I want to call it a greenhouse sort of thing, but it's a very posh greenhouse. Yeah, yeah, like a little home greenhouse thing. Yeah. And she smashes a plant on her way past and Kate is on top of the greenhouse and looking around and Esther is walking through the greenhouse and so she can see everything that's going on yeah. below and she's telling Esther to let her go. She's like, I'm here, You let her go, don't hurt her. Mm. Max manages to get away and Kate in the last second just goes through the this was greenhouse first... glass and absolutely RKO's her. This was my first shit ending and then I put in brackets never mind because she, she's, <laughs> she's alive. Cause never mind. Because then essentially it looks like Esther's died, uh, Kate's laid on top of her, Max is with her, uh, Kate wakes up, the police come and then by the time I think she runs to go check if the police, out close to yeah. police, like, goes back and just like any horror film the killer's gone. So I thought shit ending but then if you're going to get a sequel out of it then fair enough I understand. But then I thought even then you can still get give a good fucking beating and let the killer live. Like that was kind of weak, but mm. as as we go on to progress, there's another fight scene. She gets dragged down into the snow, and it's very much like Max. It it, it comes back to the they pond. end up on the pond, yeah. And I think that's sort of Kate's redemption. The idea that she can finally let that guilt go because she's protected Max now. Yeah, she. Well, it's actually Max that saves. Yeah, Dana Max away. saves Kate in the end. Kate, Esther stood above her with a knife, about to put do the final blow, and then Max goes to shoot Esther, misses, hits a lake, which sends them both down. And then there's a fight scene under the lake. Kate gets a Kate gets stabbed knife in the, the gut side. somewhere, Lassie. yeah. And then again, I she gets elbow to the face, and then Esther falls down. Oh. And I put again 
still, and then I put in brackets, never mind, because I was about to put still a shit ending. <laughs> and in brackets again, I put never mind, because then Esther comes back up and tries one last time please for the manipulator. She said, please don't let me die, mummy. And then I'm like, you I'm fucking mummy. Kind of mommy. got it up there with um, smile, you son, son of a bitch. bitch. <laughs> kicks her, and it's not just a kick that knocks her out that kills her oh. and drowns. She snaps her neck clean back. It's a fucking good neck snap, to, to get be fair. undeveloped bones. I won't break an adult's neck. That's it. But yeah. she absolutely just roundhoused her. And so Kate gets out, picks up Max, and they sort of head back towards the house where the police officers are already searching for them. Yeah. So that's the end of the movie. Great film. It is a great I film. I really enjoyed Good it. job, Stu. Well done, well Stu. Done, Stu. Right. Behind the scenes. Stu. Right. Let's watch you fuck this up. Ooh. Budget. Now you've got to think of who's in it. I know, I know, I know, I know. Don't, don't give me hints. Right. You, Six. You're thinking about this. I want to say 50, but I think that's too little. 85 million. 20 million. Fucking hell, I should have gone with 50. <laughs> Gee, anyway, carry on. Shit! Even that's still wrong, but it's just not as Closer. Wrong. And the box office? 110 million. 78.8 million. It wasn't miles away. I think it made a lot more domestically yeah. than it did in the cinema. I didn't even remember this being a film until I watched it as, like, it was on Netflix or something. So, it... It did. It didn't make loads. Yeah. So here are my behind the scenes facts. Isabel Furman, who was who played Esther, auditioned while wearing an old fashioned dress and ribbons. Mm. Like she she came in that audition, and that's what struck the directors to cast her. Nice. The seduction scene between John and Esther was supposed to be longer and more sexually graphic, but it was cut. Thank God. Thank I, fuck. That would've been awkward. Good choice. The film poster is so sub subtly uneasy because they mirrored half of her face to be symmetrical so they took one side of her face and just directly mirrored it mm. and that's why it looks so unsettling ariana engineer who plays max is mostly deaf in real life she can she's got cochlear implants that mean she can hear the bare minimum but she's still deaf right vera famiga was knitting a lot during filming breaks and isabel developed the same habit so vera famiga taught her to knit mm. while on set which i thought was quite cute Orphan received numerous complaints, mainly from adoption agencies who believed the story sent out the wrong message. I don't. I think that's bollocks. I think it was more that a it the, the message at the end that an adopted child could, which I do sort of see, but I, not enough for them to complain. <laughs> but the idea that an adopted child is evil, or the adopt an adopted child won't be loved as much, or feels. I, I think that's out. bollocks. I think if it, if it turned out she was a child, then yes, but she's never been a child. The orphanage was just such a small part to play in it. Yeah, but at the beginning, that's. I I, I, I think it's just people it. loving loving to be offended. Everyone everyone wants to be offended by everything. All right, Ricky, chill out. Earlier drafts of the script in right, this is the this is the interesting one. So earlier drafts of the script involved Esther's backstory. Her biological father molested her for years right from when she was an infant and destroyed any chance she had of having children. Her father mocked her for this, saying she could never be a real woman and took another lover. Esther killed them both. When she was sent to the mental institute, she managed to escape and worked as a prostitute. Mm. and that's how she and she managed to escape prison by pretending she was a child and continually went through that and so okay. that's where it stemmed from her father abusing her right and also in earlier drafts esther's attempt to kill daniel is successful yeah i, th I so think he could have easily done it maybe in... maybe they thought it was too harsh on kate yeah i mean it was pretty shit to be fair because losing john was obviously big because the, there wasn't a bad couple they've no. been through a lot and 
that with justification to have problems in your marriage. So. Well, apparently there's going to be a sequel, but yeah. I think it'll be in the form of a prequel. Yeah. So it'll be how Esther became how she yeah. was rather yeah. than because you're not going to survive that. Yeah. She's not bionic. She's a no, dwarf, she's like she's a, she's a dwarf child she's adult. So my would you rather is not a would you rather shock shock. And it's maybe one you think about, so we might have to pause this a moment because you might have to think, like, actually have a little think about it. If you could get a fuller backstory of any character in a horror film, who would it be and why? Uh, we won't pause it. I bet I can think of this quite quick. The backstory of in a horror film? Yeah, any character. In a horror film? In a horror film. What would yours be? Have you got one? I think it would be from screen, but I think it'd be Marine Prescott. Yeah, that's not a bad one. I'd, you can, you can like, make a whole spin Yeah, off you can just, make a whole film, her, yeah. her prequel. But I'd, I'd really like to know what really happened. Because I still don't think we know. <sighs> See, I want to say Michael Myers. But your thing with him is that there is no reason. Yeah, I suppose so. But I'd still... I'd want to know, like... I suppose... I know We already know his backstory. Mm. He killed his family, was locked up in a, um, uh, an, asylum. an asylum. And then was released and went on killing people... I'd love to know why, like what, but then yeah, you're right. Like your your big thing with him yeah. is the fact that there is no reason why. Then other than that, I don't really think there's anyone. That's disappointing. Probably Michael Myers. I want to know what I. I think it's like the human brain wants to know, but then it would lose its. Maybe I'd want it delving into the the fact more that it's just fucking insane. Like it just doesn't. Yeah. But it's the most calm, insane person ever. Like it. Yeah, I'd, I'd, wa- I'd want to know because I want to know why. Like, why have you done all this? Because something just snapped. Some, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I'm with Mike Myers. That was a good one. Well, Michael question. Myers. That was a good Not question, wasn't with, it? Yeah, that was a good question. So, your film for next week? My film for next week is a classic, and it is Deep Blue Sea. Oh, yeah, we said we are going to do this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's a cracking film. We do love Deep Blue Sea. So that'll be out Monday. There's no midweek this week. Nope, my midweek is the week after. So we will see you then. See you Monday. Bye.